Christmas is a coming. It is almost here, y'all. Uh, and the season when Advent will be at a close. Uh, and uh, we've been in this series called Heaven and Nature Sing. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the nature singing part. Today we're going to talk about the heaven singing part. But before I do, I've just got a couple announcements for us. Uh, this coming Saturday is Christmas Eve. And so we will have our two services, 4 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. Love for you to choose one and maybe bring. I just heard someone telling me that they are invited a neighbor for Christmas Eve and they might be coming in. Uh, they're kind of just moved here from out of town. Just, I'm just saying, think about it. Consider it. You know, there's, you have new neighbors, right? I mean, I know you do. Uh, and because it's been a crazy transition season for a lot of people. Uh, and they're just waiting. They're just waiting for someone uh, to be the awkward, to cross that line and say, hey, uh, like, did y'all grow up with church stuff? Would you want to come with us? We'd love to have you. Uh, it's, it's that easy, right? Anyway. Um, uh, also, for you students in the room, uh, this is announcement now so that I'm not chasing this uh, as we get to January. But late January is our kind of D now, right? It's called Collide. And we're, it's called Collide because we're bringing all three campuses together for like this huge big event. Uh, I'll be out there uh, with y'all. Uh, I'll be speaking for some of that. And so would love, uh, just keep that in mind. You have on your guides when y'all walked in, there's a, a, a code there on the back to register. And, and spots will be limited. So uh, with all three campuses in, you'll want to secure your spot looking at this row right here. Uh, we'd love to have y'all out with us. Uh, but So make sure your kiddos are signed up for that and, and maybe scheduling some time to hang out with us there in late January. I think it's like the 27th, 28th, something like that. And, uh, and then finally, as we're approaching the end of the year, uh, we have, like, this is something I, I don't talk about often, but, but I don't mind talking about because uh, this is something we do together. This is the family of God coming together, uh, and it's, it's just budget stuff, right? And so, but it's not just budget. Uh, this, is, this is the way the Lord intended this to work, is we all gather together and meet the needs collectively, uh, right? That there's not, there's not 20% of us uh, making do for 80 to 100% of of the gospel goals of this church, right? And I just think about this coming out of, of the event season we just had uh, and, and us trying to meet our end-of-the-year goals here of, of all the things we got to do and, and, and ministering to foster kids in the community. And uh, we just wrote a big check to the, uh, uh, um, to the pregnancy center uh, and just because they have a lot of needs as they've kind of moved over there that we're trying to help them out with. Uh, I would just say if, if giving has not been a, a regular um, practice and in spiritual movement of you in your home i would encourage you to test god in that uh, see what he does with a a generous and obedient heart in those finances i know you're like inflation matt and this going on i'm just saying just test him uh i promise you i like if if anyone's getting rich in this room it's not me uh and in what life i've chosen but i'm very rich spiritually and relationally i love what i do uh, and, and, but my wife and I, we tied 10%. Like, that's a choice that we've made. And, and you know what? It works for us. We're fine. We're able to live in Dripping Springs and do it. And the Lord is always providing for us. We have never, like, just been like, what are we going to do? We can't pay. Like, everything works out. The Lord has always come through with us. We test him all the time. He always is faithful to us. And I would encourage you, if, if that hasn't been a practice for you, I'd just say give it a shot. See what the Lord might want to do in your heart through that. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so, anyhow, that's it. And, hey, I promise I won't talk about giving for the rest of the year. Okay, well, whole rest of the year, we're not talking about it, but anyhow, just join us with that, partner with us. I'd love to have your partnership in that. Anyhow, all right, uh, Heaven and Nature Sing, our series, right? We're exploring the songs of Luke 1 and 2. Uh, and so this is, there's, in just these short verses, uh, maybe like 60-something verses here, there are four songs that are expressed out, right? We've covered Mary, that was week one. 
uh, that I did a couple weeks ago, and then uh, Key led us through the song of Zechariah this last week, and this week we talked about the angel song. Christmas Eve, I'll teach on the song of Simeon, which is probably one of my favorite of the songs. It's just so interesting. Uh, but, uh, but today we talk about the angels, and these songs as we're exploring them, right? Like, what's different about a song? Right? You're not just reading words on a page, you know? Uh, I mean, there are certain songs, like, like, man, a Tim McGraw song can come up, and I go back to, like, driving Sarah around in high school in my little Ford Ranger, you know, on a date, you know? Donnie's daddy is taking, right? Like, there's, like, there's some songs that, you know, you just, you, that take you back to something that are meant to invoke something within the heart, right? And that's what these songs are. They're not just meant for us to study and read. They're meant for us to enter in on, right? To take us to a different kind of experience and joy. Uh, and so today we're in Luke 2, verses 18 through 15. If you have a Bible or an app or whatever, you just want to look at the screen because we're lazy, that's fine too. Uh, we're going to do that. And so let's, let's jump in. Um, and then we'll, we'll explore this passage together. Luke 2, verses 8 through 15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with this angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on, and, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This is God's word to us this morning. Let's pray. Jump in. Lord, um, this is your word. This isn't a, a book that we have made, created, or, or in some kind of way to adore you. But Lord, this is your, much like the angels receiving a word that night, or delivering a word that night to the shepherds. Lord, now you do the same thing through your holy scriptures. And so this morning, may our response be, let us see these things that have happened. May we open our hearts, God to be completely surprised, much like the shepherds were, by you and your word proclaimed to us. And so, Lord, forgive us for those who came in here with very low expectations of what your Holy Spirit is supposed to do. And may with a renewed vigor and passion, God, turn to you in this song that by the end here we may exclaim, indeed, glory to you, Jesus So we love you, we surrender this to you. Now we need you to do what you want in and through this time, that it may please you. It's in this name we pray. Amen. All right. So, Christmas, right? The season of peace and joy, right? This thing is just meant to produce all this. Christmas is all about peace, right? I mean, don't you just feel rested. I mean, when's the last time you drove through the Y at 8 a.m.? 
and just let the Spirit of the Lord wash over you, right? Because we drove to, like, I don't know, kind of Leander area this last week, South Dallas, and and it it took us an hour and a half. I'm like, what happened to my city, you know? Uh, you people happened to my city. Anyway, um, you all moved here. Anyhow, uh, no, it, right? It's just Christmas. There's like all this stuff going on, right? And we talk about this season of peace, but like I think oftentimes in this season we can acknowledge like there's a lot of there's a lot of other things that tag on to this season, right? Uh, I heard a story about a, t- a school teacher, right? She's super busy trying to get, you know, I mean, as you could imagine, any teacher trying to approach you, you're getting grades and everything in, right? Aside from also having to do everything else that the season demands, right? Oh, she always sends out Christmas cards, but she was really late this year, but finally was able to, like, get it. She just, like, in the last minute, like, went to the store, bought a bunch of Christmas cards, got home, signed them all off, you know, put the picture in and got them off. <sighs> Done. Which Christmas cards is one thing, isn't it? I guess they're not just another stressor in the world. Babe, we have to send Christmas cards. Why? Because we have to send Christmas cards, right? We've created this, like, global expectation, right? And if, well, did you get, did you get the Howling's Christmas card? You know, did you, did you get the Stankridge Christmas card? Y- y'all need to know, we didn't make one this year, so if you didn't get one, it's not personal, okay? <laughs> just, you need to know that. Be like, we didn't get the Warners this year. Yeah, usually, we do. We usually make one. We just didn't get around to it, all right? Disney has stolen everything I had left, Okay. If we want to talk about where, like, my joy went, it's still in Disney sitting with that security guard that I yelled at. Who am I? Right? This season and peace is fleeting. Anyways, Christmas cards. Where was I? The teacher. She sends all these out. She gets this message back about a week later from, one of, from one, someone she's in a card. She says, I'm so excited about the surprise. And she's like, what do you mean? And the lady said to her, she said, yeah, well, the note in the card. This little note just to say a Christmas gift is on the way. Wouldn't that stink? Are you serious? So this poor teacher, she's like, oh no. Like she didn't look at the card. She's just like signing in a hurry. And now there's like these 50 people expecting some Christmas present from her at some point. You know, peace snatched just like that, right? Peace is like that in this season. If Christmas is about peace, then why do over 50% of Americans look forward to the end of the Christmas season? What about you? There's a lot of hustle right now, right? If you have not ordered it yet, probably too late. Now you're going to have to actually go into Target, okay? Buy something and not have it delivered right to your doorstep, okay? But there's a hustle. There's this bustle around Christmas, right? And there's other things that consider that kind of wage war on us. I mean, just the radio on my short four-minute drive in the church, it's just all about things going on with Russia and Ukraine. And, I mean, COVID kind of reared its head a little bit again in this season. And gosh, aside from that, though, I mean, the RSV, I feel like, is everywhere. And fevers everywhere. I was out on a mission last night. I was like, like I got to work on my sermon, but we have no children's motion here. And Liv's got a fever. And we're just, like, trying to figure it out. And I'm like, and I was like, H-E-B. Uh, there's, like, all these medicines. There's two huge, thick lines here of all empty shelf right here. And I'm like, okay, where, where's the thing that I need? Of the two empty shelves, of course. Like, Motrin is out everywhere. And Sarah's like, oh, yeah, there's some shortage. I'm like, what is going on in the world right now? It's like all this stuff, right? Uh, Walgreens came through for me. Thank you so much, right? But there's inflation, political tensions that I feel like, are they ever going to go away? The demands of just our Western culture and lifestyle of just what it's like to try to keep up now. And it never seems to change, right? I mean, it's just like something's got to give. I bet next year something's got to give. Oh, well, this will have to change. 
but all, it just seems like things just keep, like, another layer just finds its way on to a little anxious heart, and it's just like, right? Like, every year, there's just something to demand. Santa came for our foster party here, right? He was hanging out in my office over there, so I went and sat down, talked to Santa for a little while, uh, and he was like, Pastor Matt, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, you know what I want? Two Benadryl in a dark room. That would really warm my heart <laughs> right now, you know? Uh, if you could just do that, he's like, whoa, Pastor, I'm not a miracle worker. I'm like, ah, you know, uh, just too much, too much. All right, I'll take a, take a new iPhone instead. Anyway, um, right, could it be, could it be that deep down we are all seeking that if I do just get the Christmas cards done, if I just get that right gift for my child that I think hates me, if I just... If I can just accomplish things, if I can just repair that, if I can just get this thing set and done at work, then then when I leave that, I, that'll be done for me. Is it, is, it, is it possible that the way we pursue peace on this day is the thing that robs us of it? That the way we pursue peace and security is the thing that seems to rob us of it? I mean, remember when iPhone came out? I remember like when it first came out. And it was like, what is this thing? Like, this is crazy, right? And all the promises it made, I remember because I still have mine. This is my first-gen iPhone, right? I mean, respect, am I right? And check it, it still works. Yeah, yeah, it barely holds a charge. But, uh, right, and so my home button, you have to, like, mash the heck out of it, right, to get it to go. Uh, but I still have the very first Angry Birds on here. It's like still on here. Uh, yeah, this thing, y'all, one day, this is my retirement plan. All right, I'm going to hang on to this. Um, the, the last first-gen iPhone. This is what it was, right? This was it. And y'all, you could get this in the base 8 gig, or you could really splurge and get 16 gig. You, know, you laugh now, right? Because you can't even get an 8 or 16 gig iPhone anymore. Like the base, I think, is 32 or something like that, right? 64 is the base now? Gravy! What is happening to us, right? Uh, and some of you are like, well, back in my day, the floppy disk computers were like 128 meg. and I know. All right, we're not going to go there. But, right, so here's my, here's my iPhone now. I know. I knew, I knew, Scott, you would laugh at that. I knew I had you on that. All right, anyway, right? And so you got, you got this, and this is the mini. This is my 12 mini. We're always looking. For something a little bigger. A little, does anyone have a plus in here? Lift that up, Aaron. Let, let us all see the glory of the iPhone Plus. All right, you didn't know you are going to. Look at that thing. It's a small iPad. I mean, what is that? How do you walk around? Like, I, with my pockets. I'm like, I just couldn't. I mean, like, God, I'm just, you know, like, walking around. It's, it's insane. Right? But what did this thing promise us? Efficiency. You're finally going to get back to do the things you really want to do. You're going to claim things because you'll be able to just send out that email. You'll be able to web browse. You'll be able to do all this stuff. And then you can finally get some of your life back. Tell me, did the iPhone give you any life back? The average American spends four hours a day looking at their phone. Your middle schooler, closer to five and a half, sometimes six. And if you include computers and stuff like that, it's an average of about seven hours a day of screen time. 
right? It didn't give us time. It annexed any moment you had, right? And this is what it did, right? It made all these promises that this is what it's going to do. We're going to, you know, it'll be efficient. You'll get all this. You'll have that. But it just, it just, it took it all. It took it all. In this pursuit of peace, in this pursuit of that's going to solve it, that's going to do it. Man, things change. And you wonder, like, what was like, what was our screen time like? If you, in four hours on average a day today, what was it like pre-iPhone? We don't even know. No one was measuring it 15 years ago. But overnight, we all started dedicating about 20% of our day to it. Overnight, I say overnight. I mean, it was a little bit of a thing. And I don't know about you, but it's not like I'm like doing, and, and this could be a lot of different things, right? I mean, I'm just saying, oftentimes our pursuit of peace is in these promises of this is what's going to do. This will be the solution, that new software, that new whatever, that new gadget. And it's just, or even, maybe even that marriage, once you finally have that, you have that settled, you'll have peace. That thing that we chase sometimes, and then you get married and you're like, peace? I have a lot of peace in my marriage, all right? I'm just saying, it's difficult. There's things, right? It's complex. It's like all things. And then there's this tension, right, in this season of the perceived need and the actual need. And the angels come forth. They're looking at the world's perceived needs of what they think they need. More laws, right, especially in this season of Jesus. We need more laws. We need more obedience. We need more, we need more Torah. We need more Talmud. We need more, we need more law on our people so that we can get so we have answers and whatnot. And finally the angels come forth and they say, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth with whom his favor rests. They are telling us that Jesus is going to come and he's going to provide us with the real need. What is the real need? Peace. Amen. I mean, good night. It's like, yes, peace. And who knew what the shepherds were like fighting over their new gadget? Jim's staff has a hook on it, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, their new technology, whatever. You can pull a sheep out of it. We need peace. The question, though, is like, where do we get that then, right? If we pursue all these other things and they're like, Jesus, yes, but Let's look at what kind of peace, right? Because we know, like the angels tell us, God is coming and so peace is coming. So where do we get peace? Obviously from God. If we're looking at this equation, right? Peace comes from God. But what does he mean? Like what kind of peace? In Jesus' time, the Roman emperor, he made a decree. It was called the Pax Romana, right? This is Roman peace. It's, right, because Rome had conquered much of the known world or what to them, any of the world that mattered, you know, and so they had conquered everything, and so there was, there was peace. And so he's saying, hey, you don't need to worry about this and that anymore. There's, and there was, it was unprecedented peace and low, low violence, I mean, comparatively, right, to the time. And, and so, yes, you could travel, you could do things. He said, now we've done it. We've conquered everybody. Now everyone is kind of singularly under our rule. And yeah, there might be some little, like, you know, whatever, whisperings here and there. But largely, and he was right, there was peace. There was peace, the Pax Romana, right? You don't have to worry anymore about all this military mess. And so... Uh, uh, and so then there was a philosopher uh, uh, of the same time, uh, of even the time of Jesus, uh, Epictetus, right? He was a Stoic philosopher. Uh, and he responded to this Pax Romana decree, and he said this. Behold now, Caesar seems to provide us with profound peace. There are no wars any longer, nor battles, nor bandits on a large scale, no piracy. Now at any hour, we may travel by land or sail the rising sun to its setting. So like we can do all these things. We can sell like, like it's safe. 
can he then at all provide us peace from fever, from shipwreck, fire, from earthquake or lightning? And then Epictetus says this. He says, come. It's like saying, listen, right? That's what they're saying. He's saying, come. He's saying, can he give us peace from love? He cannot. Isn't that such a philosophic thing to say? Can you give me peace from love? From sorrow? From envy? He cannot. For absolutely, from absolutely none of these things. And he, and he closes with this. And this is what I want you to hear. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even outward peace. See, the emperor can give you a lot of things of outward peace, but what man really wants peace of the heart. Peace is one thing, right? To know that we are not in right, an actual acute military bout with another country, you know, which I suppose sometimes we are often on, but like right on our homeland, you know, it's like, I mean, God bless the U.S. military. I'm just so thankful for things that I don't have to think about because I know there's a lot of women and dudes out there thinking about it for me uh, and that they do an awesome job at that and, and I don't have to worry about that. We largely have peace, you know, here on that end. But what that four-star general cannot do is reach down in to that insecure, darkened, anxious, depressed, broken heart and say, live again. There is hope that it might have peace. Too often we think of Christ coming as a means of all of us getting along that we would have interpersonal peace. And that's not what he's talking about here. And we know this. Why? Matthew 10, 34. This is Jesus talking. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. What? But I thought that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. No, it's not. He says this. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. If we make a Christmas card this year, that's going to be it. Coming to bring a sword, you know, it's going to be baby Jesus, like, just caressing a huge sword, you know? Like, this is what he came to do. Like, this is it, right? Listen, Christmas is not a declaration that there is no more war. Christmas is a declaration of war. That something was wrong and someone needed to come and fight that you don't have peace. And that peace must be fought for. That's Christmas. An angel comes to talk to the shepherds. Listen, you're going to find a baby. He's in a manger, right? After he delivers this news, a host of angels shows up. What is a host? That is an army. An army of angels shows up. Why? Because it's on. Muster the troops. The general is arriving as a landed invasion. It takes one angel to deliver the news and an army of angels to respond to it. Saying, get ready. The invasion is upon us. 
Doesn't this just sound like Christmas? Jesus is here. And that which has held dominion over your soul, that has crushed your life and taken all your hope, will find justice. And will be satisfied. In those who were held captive, you will find freedom. He came to declare war on Satan. Like there is a real enemy. And this is, this is just likening back Genesis 3, right? God said, now the world is broken. The, the, the serpent had uh, uh, misled Adam and Eve. And, and sin has just like broken the world. It has broken all things. And, and so then God makes a promise. And it's about an offspring. This woman will have a child. And what will that child do? Just come and lollygag around? No. He's going to crush his head. He's going to end this thing. It's war. And this is now finally Genesis 3 prophecy. The Proto-Angelion is what they used to call it. The first gospel, right, of this promise of coming. And that he's going to come and now this is, it, this is it. It's finally that fulfillment. The crushing of the head of Satan. That's Christmas. And he's coming to put an end to all this. The demons, the sinful nature in yourself, in your own internal demons. Coming to crush that, those whispers that you hear late at night. They tell you this Jesus stuff just isn't worth it. And to pursue these other false things that you think are going to give you peace. He's declaring war on these things. Peace is on the way. And the angels say a virgin will give birth. Right? In a manger. In a what? Right? The, I mean, the shepherds are like, that's a manger. It's a gross, disgusting little trough full of like slobber and mold. You're going to put the savior of the world in that like why would you declare that because you can't miss that right if you're a shepherd you're like there's only going to be one of those in the world right now a baby being born tonight in one of those okay cool i mean he's making it super clear there's a lot of other reasons we get into but that's not this sermon right and he's saying and also who's being born a virgin will give birth well who is she she's this little girl in nazareth well what's the problem with that well in micah the prophecy of where he was going to be born was in Nazareth. To you, small among Judah, a ruler will come to the city of David, Bethlehem. Well, God, what are you doing? Why don't you just choose a girl from Bethlehem? Why pick this girl from Nazareth? And how? And she's already far along. How are you going to do this, God? A global census and tax upon the world. Y'all, God is big. He says, I need her to get to Bethlehem. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. That's what he used. And because of that, she had to go to Bethlehem. And boom, prophecy fulfilled. Right? And now we don't have to struggle with David. Oh, well, what he really meant was, well, if you take the region to account and this commentary and this and that, no, he did it. Bethlehem, city of David, done, accomplished. That's God. He's huge. And he can accomplish and keep his promises. God is saying, listen, I'm coming to bring peace, and nothing is going to stop me. I know she's in Nazareth. I know Herod's killing all the babies. Listen, I'm declaring war, and I am God, and nothing is going to come between me and the peace that I want to offer you. Nothing will get in the way. 
You think we can worship that, God? Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, why, God? <laughs> like, why did you do this? Like, why even, like, why say this? Other than his word to do so. Like, why, why would he even, like, why would he do this with us? I mean, how do you reconcile man's peace and God's peace converging here in the manger when we offer him nothing? <laughs> I mean, newsflash, you don't bring a lot to the table eternally. But Matt, I make great pizza. All right, like, listen, I know, like, stupid example, but like, uh, like, imagine, right? Like, what do we really have to offer him? I mean, God made, like, God made the sun. And not like he had a template of, oh, I know stars exist. I'll create a star like this. No, he dreamed up stars. Like, he created the idea of a star and what it would do and how it would form and burn for, like, as long as, like, right? I'm like, wouldn't it just, like, burn up and, like, the gas is all done? Like, I don't know how this stuff works. Like, I'm not a geologist or whatever. Who's the science? Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. But God is like, it's okay, I got it. It's just going to sit up there and burn, like, forever. Like, it's insane. I'm like, that is insane. That's crazy. And then I'm going to create this little, like, earth thing over here that's, like, so much smaller, you know? And then there's going to be these green things on this whole, like, earth over here. There's going to be these plants. And here's what I'm going to do. This is his idea, right? 90 million miles away, I'm going to have that ball of burning thing shine on that plant. And it is going to cause photosynthesis. And it's going to activate the sugars in that plant that it might grow and flourish, that you might have things like basil, right? And you could cut that sucker up and just like bake it on a little pizza and enjoy that and sleep and see the goodness, right? Like he thought this up. Listen, he does not need your creativity. He doesn't need your ingenuity. <laughs> he doesn't need your skill set. And he does not need your company. But Christmas is a story of him desiring you. That he would choose you. And that, and that aside from all of that, he would still come in and land that you might dwell with him. Even though we had no reason to give him to promote this peace. He is coming to establish it, right? Even though we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one who does good, not even one. What is God's answer? I'm coming to bring peace to you. Who is this? That's you. That's us. That's me. God says, I'm coming to bring war, that this might be made right. He is coming, and he's on a war path. And peace will be his platform. However, do you see the clause in the verse? Now, Charlie Brown, that I referenced earlier, didn't do us a lot of favors on this. Uh, He's kind of referencing some of the King James Version, uh, which now with modern translations we know is, you know, could use a little tweaking, at least on this this part, right? Uh, And I'm not dogging the King James, whatever. Um, But now we know, like with more accurate translations of, of of our Greek and Hebrew on this, is it's, right, peace. It's not just goodwill to men. Right, I mean, the thing, right, because when you hear Charlie Brown, it's like, Right, Charlie Brown's like looking around like, what? Like, can someone tell me what Christmas is all about? Right, and Linus comes up and he's like, it's about peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That's what, that's what Christmas is about. Well, the verse is, 
glory to God in the highest and peace on earth with those with whom he is pleased. Does this sound important? I mean, that should cause you to pause for a second. Where am I in that? Is he pleased with me? Can I ask you? Do you think that God is pleased with you? And really think about your heart. Think about your life. Think about that thing you keep going back to. Do you really think that God is pleased with you? Where's our answer? Romans 5.1. Some of y'all are like, Matt, you need to land this one. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is your role? What is your role in God being pleased with you? Pay attention. What is your role? Your role is that you agree with the assessment. Lord, you're right. I, I do sin. I am the reason that you needed to come and bring peace. And you were the solution for it. Right? Because how does the economy work? The angel isn't coming and waiting for us to get it all right. That's why Jesus came. Jesus said, you aren't at peace, and you're not at peace with God, so I'm going to come that God might be pleased with you. How does it happen? Jesus comes. That's it. It's not a pulling up of the bootstraps. It's not a trying harder. It's not a doing this better. It's not repenting enough and again and again and again and again. It's agreeing with the assessment that Jesus has come and that that thing that has separated you from God, your sinful desires, has now been made right. And has been paid for. Finally, that is your role. You sing the song of the angels. Glory to God in the highest. You agree with his stature. You are the highest. Not me. Not my will. Not what I, I'm hoping I carve out on this planet. You're in the highest. And if peace is going to come here, it's going to come because you're coming. And I agree and I just... I just, you sit there like the shepherds with the host of the angels just singing over you. And you just bask in that glory. And God is pleased with you. Colossians 2. This is verse 13 through 15. And you were dead. How alive is a dead person? You were dead in your trespass. And the uncircumcision of your flesh just means you're disobedient. God made alive together with him. All right, do you hear that imagery? God made alive together. How, together. He didn't just like, okay, now you're alive. It's, I am grafting you into me. You're going to be made alive. How? I'm grafting you into my holiness. 
It's like going before the throne of God and you have all your sins to confess. And right next to you, as, as the words of your sins are coming out of your mouth, Jesus is saying them too. And God can't distinguish where the sins belong. And he dishes it all out on his son. That's what this is. That as you come before him, they're not yours. He is grafting you in. That means your sins as well into himself. This is Christmas. That this solution, this peace is coming. And so by canceling the record, verse 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame, triumphing over them. And since I'm on this whole warpath imagery, um, imagine the greatest weapon, the greatest weapon that was, that was um, waged against you was the just, the just condemnation for us violating God's law. Like that was the weapon waged against us. And so what did Jesus do? He took that record and he nailed it to himself on that cross. And in so doing, now, the devil comes at you with the sword and Jesus just right out of his hand. There is no weapon that can be waged against you. This is what Jesus accomplished and why the angels are proclaiming peace is coming. The general has arrived and he will disarm. And this word triumph, triumph in that day was an event. The early readers, they would have known this. They would have heard triumph and they would have immediately went to this great imagery. And what I, want you to, what I want to do this morning is invite you into that imagery and I want you to find yourself in it. And this is, um, right, in this event, right, uh, imagine then, like, this, a triumph was really a king on parade. Like, to say some enemies, some enemy kingdom would come, you know, and wage war on your kingdom, uh, and some enemy force was attacking, the king would muster the soldiers, and they would go out to battle. And if your king won, then y'all celebrated, right? Why? Because you got to live. You got to live. Your children wouldn't be taken from your home. Your wife wouldn't be taken from you. You wouldn't lose everything. You would get to live. You wouldn't be a captive. You wouldn't be taken. And the king, after winning, would ride back to the capital city, but not with the gore of battle all over him. He would wait, and he would prepare himself. And while he prepared himself, the city would prepare too. They would raise up the divots in the earth. And they would hammer down the hills. The main gate from which the king would approach in, they would make straight. And then on the given day, the king would arrive, and he would arrive in triumph, often dressed in white robes, maybe riding on a white horse. And while he came in, the people would line the streets on the sides, and they would celebrate. They would celebrate this victorious king. And when often tied behind him from his horse was the enemy king. Often stripped naked. Bound. Stumbling behind the victor. To show the people that you don't need to be scared anymore. 
said, you have nothing to be afraid of. That all of the enemy's power is broken. And then there was one more group in the parade. It was those who had been set free. Following behind him, often dressed in white linen. They would carry these censers of incense and they would wave them back and forth so that the whole city, but more important, they would know that they would be filled with the fragrance of their victory of their king. And Paul gives us a great imagery for, in 2 Corinthians. He says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere friends enter in Christmas is a celebration of the victorious king and the angels are coming before saying glory to him Peace is coming to you. Question, have you made peace with God? Have you made peace with Him? And again, what we're talking about here is not the thing you do, it is the thing you receive. Have you looked upon his glorious and highest face said, I agree. Have you sung the angel song? God, you are the highest. I submit this whole mess to you. This season, my prayer for you is that this is the kind of peace you would seek. The peace that has been bought for you in this epic landed invasion that you would enter into that and that it would inform where peace really comes from for you because it's not sinful right get the presents and right get these things and the hustle and bustle that's not that's not sinful but what what we need to do as christians is remember like what are we really doing here like what's this really all about Right, when I go back to college, when I'm pursuing these things, when I'm going back to that relationship, when I'm leaving that relationship, like really at the core, like what's this really all about? It's about peace. Found in someone who bought it for you. Would y'all stand up? Let me just say, if this is something that you feel like, man, you've been coming, church has been a practice for you, whatnot, but but if you're honest with yourself, the confession of who you are and the assessment and the need of God and then looking to Him as that source, if you feel like this is not something that that you have done, listen, there's no, there's no shame in that. What I would say is the 
says, let's look at, let's look at taking care of that. And I would love to walk that through with you. I'm not saying you need to have it all figured out and know exactly what that looks like. Come talk to me. You're like, Matt, I've, I've never really done this. I don't, like, yeah, I do the church, but like really, really in my heart knowing that this is who Jesus is and who I am and that I need him for my salvation. If that is not something, because that means you're not here on accident. And maybe in your own heart right now, you're like, yes, Lord, yes. And you desperately want to sing the song of the angels. Come talk to me. Fill out a card if you're like, I don't, like in this space right here, I don't know. Fill out a card, drop it in the thing so I can get in contact with you. Or, or just come talk to me about that first. I'd love to talk to you about that. Let's pray. Lord, you are the highest. I mean, this isn't a better place for talking about. It is the best. It is the highest. You are the, the Lord of lords, King of kings. And out of all of this, you've decided to come to us in humility of an infant. So God, may we also approach humbly, do business with you in this time, acknowledge our need, gosh, just surrender, gosh, just let it go before you. You in this room, do you just need to like finally let it go? trust that he knows you, that he's there, that he cares. He's not just a good God. He's a capable God. You can trust him. And so, Lord, we do. We turn to you. May we sing the song of the angels. Amen. Would y'all go today with the Lord's blessing? It's interesting. I, I, I realized this in first service. This this is the message of Christmas. I mean, listen to the benediction given in Numbers. It is the foreshadowing of this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Would the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant to you his everlasting peace. Amen. We'll see you all Saturday, 4, 530.